required of thee, deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. And let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for uh, in the middle of the week, God, that we can just pause, that we can take time uh, to gather in your house around your word. And God, I pray for those that are uh, not feeling well and desire to be here, but physically are not able to. God, I pray that you would just help them and strengthen them. And God, I pray that, uh, again, I thank you for those that are here and, Father, are able to make it out. And I pray, Father, that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me and help us to understand uh, the wisdom that are written in these words, Father, and we'll thank you for that. And God will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. When I read this initially, uh, he says there in verse number two, he says, two things have I required of thee. And then he goes on in verses eight and verse nine, and uh, I counted them several times. And, uh, and every time I thought, man, there's, I'm having a hard time coming up with two. Uh, and, uh, and I was reminded uh, that there's three kinds of people in this world. There's those who can count and those who cannot You'll figure it out, all right? Uh, it'll hit you. Um, and, and so uh, there really are two things, and we'll get to that uh, as we look at it. But it, at the first look, boy, you think, man, there's really three, or uh, there's a few things going on there that he is asking and that he's requesting, uh, but uh, we'll clearly define those two things. But in verse number seven, I want us to see this. The Bible says, two things have I required of thee, deny me them not, before I die. And the first thing that we notice in verse number seven is the requirements for Agur's life. Uh, his requirements that he's making of the Lord. And, and when I first read that, I thought, boy, that's kind of demanding uh, that he would go uh, to the Lord and demand these two things. But after I read it a few times and really thought about it and said, well, what's going on here? And, and maybe it's not so much that he is demanding of God, but two things that he needs and requires in his life in order for him to continue uh, going in the right direction. And, uh, and as we look at verse number seven, under the requirements, I want you to notice immediately uh, that, that Agur is crying out to God. And, uh, and as I read that and thought about that, I thought, boy, uh, you know, he is known. Uh, he's, it's very visibly, uh, you can see that he is known for his prayer, his prayer life. And uh, you look at it and you say, man, he's asking uh, stuff from God. And really, if you, you look at the way he's asking, it is a plea. He says, deny me not. And he is pleading with God. You ever, you know, so many times our prayer life is, uh, I hope your prayer life is deeper than this, but many times, many people's prayer lives are, Lord, thank you for this food. Help me have a good day. Amen. And, and it's, it's really not a Plea. I mean, um, we we joke in our house sometimes when we pray for food, and we got uh, we got you know some people that you don't want to call on because they'll pray around the world, and you don't want to pray around the world when you're waiting for your food. Okay, you don't want your food to get cold, so you you know you pray on somebody who's going to pray a quick prayer and uh, and bless the food and thank. You. 
Lord, for your provision, and man, dig in, amen. Uh, that's what we like. But listen, there, there, there are times that we ought to be seriously pleading with God. And I mean pleading, begging with God. I ran into a preacher when I was traveling and, uh, on deputation or furlough. It must have been furlough time because he already supported me as a, as a pastor. And, and, uh, and he had been, uh, when I went to his church, um, I, he didn't tell me anything before I arrived. But when I showed up, he told me, he said, he said, brother, he said, I have been fasting. And he said, I'm, I'm doing a 40-day fast. And I've fasted. And I've fasted for, uh, you know, a few days or a day here and a day there. But he was fasting for 40 days. And I said, what, what are you, can I ask you what you're fasting about? He said, I'm praying about the salvation of my dad. His dad was unsaved. And this is what I'm saying. He was serious about pleading with God for his father's salvation. And that's what I'm talking about. Agar here is pleading with God and he's saying, hey, these things I require in my life. But look at the last phrase. He says, deny me them not before I die. In other words, hey, I need these things in my life every single day. And Agar is pleading with God and asking him for these things. I'm reminded of the verse in James 5, 16 that says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. But then the latter part says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now what does the word effectual mean? It means producing effect and uh, adequate power uh, or force to produce the effect. And as I read that again, the effectual, I believe the effectual part is describing the fervency. Now what does fervent mean? Fervent means ardent, very warm, earnest, or excited. In other words, uh, a passion, a seriousness about our prayer and about our plea to God. And having that uh, effective, uh, ardent, sincere desire for something in our life. And then he goes on in that verse and he says, Of a righteous man availeth much. We look at Agur's life, and, and he is certainly pleading with God. And boy, how righteous uh, our prayers need to be. And uh, I thought immediately, a righteous man, first and foremost, that's somebody who's saved. Somebody who has trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. Uh, listen, son, sinners will pray, and I, I don't know uh, if God hears all those prayers, but I do know this, that God will hear the sinner's prayer that says, hey, Lord, save me. I need to be saved. I know God will hear that prayer. Uh, I don't know. I've heard people uh, that, that are not saved that have claimed some of the promises of God. And I, I don't know. But I do know this. The Bible very clearly says uh, that, hey, the effectual, or the, uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so we see that uh, we see Agur's life that he is praying to God. And he's concerned about, about something in his life. Uh, and listen, I, I'm reminded so many times in my life that we need to go to God for our needs. And that's what Agur's doing. He's going to God. I'm reminded of that verse over and over in uh, James chapter 4, I believe it is in verse number 2. Uh, at the end of that verse it says, uh, ye, ye, ye have not because ye ask not. 
And how many times is that true in our life? Because we don't go to God and ask. We don't go to God and, 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 and ask of him something. And here, Agur is going to God, and he's not just asking, but he is pleading with God. And he's saying, hey, please give me these things uh, lest I, or for the rest of my life. Don't deny me them not before I die. In other words, hey, keep, keep providing for me with my life, in my life. And, uh, and as we see that, he is pleading with, with God. It is a requirement. Uh, it is his requirement, rather, in his life. And one of them is that he would pray and that he would go to God. But the second thing is he said he's dependent upon God. He says there in verse number six or verse number seven, have I required of thee? In other words, I need it in my life. I was thinking about Agur's desire in his life and... Um, you know, how long uh, can you go in your life before you get hungry? I mean, teenagers, I mean, I think some of them teenage guys, they can't even go 15 minutes. Uh, they can eat a, a full course meal, steak meal, and, and, uh, and then turn around 15 minutes later, man, I'm hungry. I'm thinking, didn't you just eat dinner? Yeah, but I'm hungry. And, uh, and that's just kind of the nature of teenagers. And, and, uh, and so uh, sometimes it, that's like that. You know, you can't even go that long. But, uh, but how long could you go without food before you would say, man, I, I need more? Uh, of course, you know, if you're fasting, that's one thing. But I'm just saying on a normal everyday basis, how long can you go before you're like, man, we call it in our house, it starts to affect you and you get hangry. It's a combination of hungry and angry, all right? And you get upset because, man, I need food. And you're like, man, just give, give the guy some food, you know? Make him happy and, and, uh, and change his life. How long can you go, really, without food? Let me ask you this. You think of that. You think, oh, I can go, man, I can go a day. Oh, I can go two days. Uh, I can go, boy, I, I don't know if I can go half a day or whatever the answer is. How long can you go without God? That's the real question. And Agur is saying, listen, I need God every day in my life. He says at the last part of that verse, or in the first part of that verse, he says, uh, two things have I required of thee, deny me them not before I die. In other words, hey, I need your provision, God, every single day in my life. In other words, I am dependent upon God. What an example that Agur is in verse number seven in his requirements of his life and that he prays to God and that he has a dependency upon God that he couldn't go uh, a single day without God and he requires these things in his life and he's asking for them uh, for every single day in his life. Go with me to verse number eight. So we see his requirements. Look with me in verse number eight and we'll see his requests. In verse number eight, he says, remove far from me vanity and lies. I want you to notice the first thing that he's praying for is a spiritual concern. He says, remove far from me vanity and lies. Now, what is vanity? Uh, vanity, uh, usually, and what we think of it most often, it can mean several things, but I believe here in this case, it would mean thinking highly of oneself thinking more highly of oneself than they ought to think. And, uh, and Agur is saying, hey, I don't want to be a prideful, arrogant person. 
I don't want to be somebody that would think more highly of myself than I ought to think. And so he's saying, God, remove from me pride. Remove from me uh, the arrogancy. Remove from me uh, the high-mindedness. He says, he says, remove from me vanity. And, uh, and listen, vanity is a problem uh, and, and, and many well, the Bible talks about it in Proverbs over and over again. How many times have we looked at pride? How many times have we looked at a haughty spirit? How many times have we looked at uh, arrogancy and, and just self-promotion? In the book of Proverbs, it goes over and over and over. Go with me. Save your spot here in, in Proverbs chapter 30. And go with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And in 2 Timothy, we have a list of... of um, of things that are coming in the last days. We've, we've been over this list several times, but I want us just to point out two things out of this verse. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, in verse number 1, he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. So he's giving us a list of things that to watch out for in the last days, or signs, or things that may be uh, very indicative of the day and age we live in. And he goes on in verse number 2, and he says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce bakers, uh, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those things that are good. Verse number four, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Verse four, he says high-minded. In verse number uh, two, he says proud. Uh, and what he's saying is, hey, uh, the, the amount of vanity and pridefulness and arrogance that would come out in the last days. And, he, and he's warning, saying, hey, this is uh, something to watch out for. And he ends it with uh, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You know what pride and arrogancy, when you boil it all down, it's, it's basically thinking, well, I'm more important than anything else. And though we wouldn't say that, though our, word, our mouth would not frame those words, in reality, the end of that is, I'm even more important than God. That's kind of the ultimate of arrogancy and pridefulness to be honest with you. And when, when people put so many things before God, uh, you can see a great selfishness. And so Agur is praying and he's saying, hey, uh, you know, keep me from, uh, he said here in verse number seven, uh, remove far from me vanity. It's interesting because vanity oftentimes would come from within. It would be that prideful arrogance that would come from within ourselves. But then he goes on and he says, and lies. I looked at that and I thought, isn't that interesting? He wants to know the truth. And a lie is the skin of the truth filled with stuffing. That's what I've always heard, that a lie is just the skin of a truth stuffed with uh, a bunch of filling. And, uh, and that's so true. Uh, but it's interesting, as you look at these two things, you know what's interesting about them is, one, you go back to Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 14 or 12 right in there. Uh, the Bible says that the devil, O Lucifer, how art thou fallen from heaven, because thou hast said in my, thy, thine heart, uh, I shall ascend my throne, I shall be like the Most High. And what he's, what he's saying as you read through Isaiah 12 or 14, whichever chapter it is, he's saying that Satan fell by reason of pride that welled up within himself. 
It's not a coincidence that Agur is saying, hey, deliver me from pride. Deliver me from vanity. Keep me from becoming too big-headed. And not only that, but after Satan fell and after his, his pride caused him to fall, the Bible calls him in the New Testament the father of lies. It's interesting that Agur is praying, hey, deliver me from, uh, from pride and vanity in myself and deliver me from lies as well. In other words, being deceived uh, from what the truth is. And Satan uh, fell by pride and Satan is the father of lies. And so uh, it's just interesting to note those two things. But it's very clear that he's saying, hey, God, I want a good uh, spiritual foundation in my life. I don't want myself to be corrupted with my own pride. I don't want to be swayed by, uh, by, by lies or inaccuracies. Uh, I want to know what the truth is. And so his spiritual concern is the very first thing that he prays for. And he's saying, hey, I want to make sure that my life spiritually is right. And, uh, and so he's saying, remove far from me vanity and lies. Now, the second request that he makes, the first is a spiritual concern. The second is a, uh, it's interesting, it's his physical needs. Look with me there in verse number eight. He says, he says give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. He talks about two different physical needs. He talks about two spiritual things, uh, vanity and lies. And then he goes on and he says, uh, feed me or rather provide for me. What's he say there? Uh, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. The first thing he deals with in the physical needs is the financial aspect of things. And listen, money is necessary in the world today. Uh, you can't go out and, and plant potatoes and then go take your potatoes to the market and bargain with your potatoes uh, to buy, uh, a, buy a, a side of beef. I mean, it's just not going to work. They don't want them. Uh, they tell you, go sell those things, get money, come back to us and give us money, and then we'll give you a side of beef. Uh, that's just the way the world works. And so he points out in verse number eight, uh, it's interesting. I love the way he words it. He says, give me neither poverty nor riches. Uh, You know, too much money can certainly corrupt somebody. There's a lot of truth to that. And then too little money also can corrupt. And so he's saying, listen, uh, you can fall off of that bridge on either side of the, of the, of the bridge. There's both danger and, and having a lot of money. That doesn't mean if you're rich that you will always go against God. I mean, God has some examples of rich people in the Bible. Who were, who were well off and did well. Job is one of them whom God tested and took away all those riches. And Job still didn't curse God. And Job, the Bible says that, uh, that he did what was right and he eschewed evil and he lived a good life. And so he wasn't spoiled by those riches. But by and large, Agur is saying, listen, I know what I can handle. You give me a bunch of riches and I'm going to have a problem. And it's going to cause me difficulty in my life. And so he's saying, hey, I don't want a bunch of riches. 
And he said, that's the side, I, that's the rail, keep me away from that. I'm not interested in the wealth of this world. But then on the other side, he's saying, hey, I, I don't want to be poverty stricken either. I, I want somewhere in the middle that I could, that I could be uh, okay and I could have my needs provided for uh, without having to worry about the finances and worry about the lack thereof, but that I could continue serving the Lord. And so he's concerned, he's, his prayer is that God would keep him uh, right where he needs to be financially. Not too rich, not too poor. Then he goes on in the second part, and look there, he says, Feed me with food convenient for me. Now, today you're going to think, well, praise the Lord, that means... McDonald's, here I come. It is convenient drive through Taco Bell, uh, Wendy's, Burger King. I mean, you talk about convenient. We live in a day of convenience. Microwave food, pop it in, 30 seconds, man, it's hot. And, uh, and you talk about convenience, but that's not what this is talking about. Convenient uh, means, the word means, fit, suitable, and proper. And you know, God knows what food we need. God knows what our, our needs are, and, and so Agur is simply providing, he's saying, God, you know better than I what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat, and God, I'm asking you to keep me uh, in, the, in the straight and narrow, spiritually, that you'll keep me right. I'm take, saying physically, hey, don't let me get rich and don't let me get poor, just keep me on a straight path that I could continue serving you and, uh, and, and then take care of my needs as far as food. And Agur is describing, hey, his physical needs that he depends on God for these things. And so we can see his requests, and those are two things, spiritual, spiritual concern and physical needs. Those are the two things that he's praying for. But I want you to notice not only his requirement, not only his request, but I want you to notice as well in verse number 9, he talks about and he goes on about the recognition of the danger that could take place. And he says there in verse number 9, referring back to the physical needs, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? We, I touched on this, prosperity can potentially lead away from God. And usually when people have, uh, have physically everything that they need, they do tend to think, well, I don't need God any longer. I mean, it's just a fact. You look at society, you look at, uh, you look at uh, where, where uh, a country is blessed financially, and America is one of those. We've been blessed financially. And many Americans, because of that blessing, hey, they're living on the past blessings of yesteryear and saying, hey, we're, we're coasting. We don't need God. Man, our wallet's full. Our bank accounts are doing good. And we got jobs. And, and we don't need God. I mean, we're coasting right along without God. And, and oftentimes that's true. Matter of fact, in, in Timothy, uh, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 17, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Boy, that verse really hits the nail on the head. He, he says, charge them. In other words, hey, exhort them, preach to them, let them know that, that, uh, that the riches of this world, uh, once you have it, uh, it's not wrong to have it, but it's wrong to be all wrapped up in it and think, well, I'm really something because I have riches. 
And that's what Agur is saying here in this, this verse number 9. He's saying, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? The Lord, who's that? I don't need him. I've got all the wealth. I've got all my savings account. I'm good. I don't, I'm not in need of anything. And, uh, and it's a very uh, potential uh, disaster that could happen. And that's why I think Agur was saying, hey, don't give me riches. I don't need riches. I just need to provide uh, for my day-to-day things uh, because I don't want it to, to, to uh, draw me away from God. Not only that, but he goes on in verse number 9, and he says, Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Not only can prosperity lead people away, but poverty as well can potentially lead people away. And he's saying, hey, you know, those who are poor, I say, well... You know, I tried that church thing once and never did anything for me. They don't ever tell you that it's their fault and not God's fault. But, but poverty and, and, and will, will cause people to hit rock bottom many times. And sometimes that's not necessarily a bad thing. They will actually turn to God and, and be more open towards the gospel. But on the other hand, it can drive people away. And uh, why should I uh, pray to God? He's never done anything to me. And, and, uh, and they'll, they'll, they'll curse God's name, as he says here. And, uh, and steal and do bad things. And so he's saying, hey, uh, I don't want to be in that boat either. I don't want to go to that extreme and I don't want to go to this extreme because I recognize how those can draw people away from God. And so he's saying, hey, God, my prayer, my heart's desire is one, spiritually, that you would keep me straight and two, that physically you would provide for my needs, but don't bless me too much. Don't give me too much while I'm here on this earth. Once I go to heaven, hey, the streets are paved with gold, that'll be okay. I won't have that problem there. But here on earth, while I'm here, he says, hey, I don't want the extreme rich. I don't want the extreme poverty. I just want to be in the center and, and live for the Lord day by day. And so that is what Agur is praying for. And those are his two requests, really. And he recognizes then the danger uh, that he is, uh, that is there with, with the riches and with the, uh, with the poverty, both with the prosperity and with the poverty, as he says that in verse number nine. So I hope and pray that that's a help to you as, uh, as we stand our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. We'll have a short hymn of invitation. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your word. God, thank you for Agur and the prayer that he gives and God, his heart's sincere desire to follow you. And God, may we, may we plead with you as Agur did. May we take all of our needs and our prayer requests to you. May we spend time in prayer and asking and pleading with you. And God, may we may we depend upon you as Agur did. God, the two areas really that we need to pray for our own lives, just as Agur did, was the spiritual side that, God, you'd keep us straight, and then the physical side that you would supply our needs. And God, that's certainly what you taught your disciples in the prayer and, and, and even in physical things, God, that you can provide and you can take care of us. God, I pray that you would just bless each and every person that's here. Help us to recognize the dangers of extreme. Not that they're necessarily bad, but there is a potential for danger there. God, I pray that you'd help us to walk hand in hand with you and be in communion with you and asking you to help us live our life for your honor and for your glory. 
In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation. and uh, and you can be seated we're going to have our business meeting at this time